Hello and happy new year. Welcome to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. Each week, we examine how women are taking strides to help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. To kick off the new year, we are going to be talking about environmental sustainability and how one young woman is helping to keep our watersheds clean. Joining us today from North Carolina, we have Hannah Wellborn-Lewis. Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your social impact initiative? Yes, so I won Miss Sandhills uh, 2023 on October 1st, so I started off October on a strong note. I'm currently a social media and public education specialist for our water resources department in Greensboro, North Carolina. So on a daily basis, I'm working with different water campaigns. I'm working with Adopt-A-Stream groups, which is what I love. And so I turned that into my social impact initiative, where I'm able to help people by environmental education, uh, volunteering outdoors, and then also promoting sustainable habits. So that's what I love. And I'm trying to find different ways and different initiatives to involve that in the Sandhills area. Um, so I have some neat projects, but I'm really just excited to be here and be able to talk to you about my journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what is the main goal for your social impact initiative? I mean, sustainable, shareable solutions, that's pretty broad, but also very specific. So what what are you doing to help promote sustainability? It was, and I, you know, I kind of, as a title holder, I went back and forth on wanting to align with like one organization or, you know, focus in specifically on one component. But for me, our world is so interconnected. And while a lot of the environmental education aspect does focus on water quality, like I want to go into schools and teach about water. Like I said, everything's interconnected. So if I talk about waste management, that's also going to be related to water. So sustainable, shareable solutions is meant to mimic my journey of finding um, a more sustainable lifestyle while also learning to protect our water because the water crisis is, is real. I mean, even if you think about in the west there are so many droughts and things going on but you know specifically in the east we have a lot of water pollution specifically in north carolina like the number one water pollutant is actually sediment um so trying to mitigate that especially with all the agriculture that we have is something that we need to mitigate um especially as we have more people moving to north carolina so for me protecting our water is important but taking but protecting the earth is just as important so it does have that main focus and it is broad but at the end of the day it's about water and it's all about the earth something that, you know, is really important that you touched on that it does really focus on helping not only protect the resources that we have, but protect them for the people who need them. Um, I know that we, we talk a lot about how sustainability is more than just climate action. It is about improving the quality of life for the global population. And so that's something that we see. And I think that you, I, it looks like you touch on a lot when promoting your social impact initiative. And of course, I mean, we can't live without water. I feel like that sounds like a really, it's an obvious thing to say, but it's not obvious to the average person because I think that people really take advantage of the resources that we have and maybe take them for granted because if we don't work to protect them and work to make sure that we have them for the next generation, we're never going to have them. And I know one of the things, especially with sustainability, we really like to focus on education. And I know that education is huge for you. So tell me, I know you talk about how your education, uh, especially as you were getting your master's degree, kind of really helped you enter the sustainability world. Can you touch a little bit more on that? Absolutely. So I would say my first path into sustainability focused in on volunteering and just, you know, realizing what was happening around me. Like you could see a park and be like, oh, that looks clean. But then you get a little closer and you see all the trash. Um, and, you know, during when I was getting my master's, it was around the pandemic. So I had more time to go volunteer outdoors. And it was important for me just to get out of the house. Um, but environmental education um, was something that was really taught um, by one of my professors, Dr. Kenafuchi. And it's this idea of shifting from an anthropocentric mindset or everything just being 
being like human based. Like we only make decisions around what humans need and what we want, but we need to shift more to an ecocentric one where we're able to focus on the plants and the animals and the earth, because in turn, that's going to make our society better as a whole. And so just this concept was like really resonated with me and COVID made me realize like, what is my legacy? Like, what do I want to do in this world? And having that environmental education impact in my life. And then also volunteering, I was like, I feel passion from this every morning I wake up and I love the mission of maybe changing somebody's mind or shifting their attitude to, you know, be more sustainable and helping them along their journey. Because I know what that meant to me. I know I had role models that I looked up to that were, you know, living a more sustainable lifestyle. And so for me, the education component is so huge and trying to influence children especially, I think they're very impressionable. Um, and so as I've been pursuing my North Carolina environmental, my North Carolina environmental communication um, certification, I have realized that I really want to have an impact on children. And that's what I want to spread as Miss North Carolina by going to schools and having this water guide where I can teach children to value water. So tell me about the project wet curriculum. What is that? What does it mean? How can people get involved? How can you implement that places? Yes. So it's a national curriculum that's been around for a while. And like I said, it's part of my North Carolina environmental certification. So they have different workshops. We have special ones in North Carolina. And if you go to one in North Carolina, it's going to be very state centric, but they have them all around the nation, which anybody can sign up for. Usually they have like maybe a small fee. A lot of times it's waived. And basically it's just a curriculum that deals with different components, whether that's talking about water infrastructure and where our water comes from. Like one of the main questions I always ask people, do you know where our drinking water comes from? And most of the time they don't. Um, So it talks about the infrastructure, but it also talks about like water pollution and how we can mitigate that. So how can we stop erosion from happening? Well, maybe we can plant native plants. So it deals with a wide variety of water related topics. But I mean, if you think about water covers like 70 percent of our world. So it's super important for us to you know consider the importance of water within our nations. Now, you mentioned educating children. And of course, you know, that that really is where I think it starts. I think this is a huge focus for a lot of people is that our children are our future, they are the next generation. How do you explain sustainability to a child? Yes, it can be very difficult because the first thing you really want them to do is just to be able to develop empathy. And that's what environmental education, it focuses one is on getting children outdoors and just making them aware of their surroundings and understanding, like just playing in it and valuing that. And then two, having people in their life that also respect nature. That's like two of the biggest components that I've found within environmental education is for them to be able to develop that empathy for wanting to help animals, for wanting to help the planet. And if you can do that and establish that first, you can start to introduce them to bigger concepts. You know, right now we're struggling with there. We're talking about climate change. We're talking about global warming. And if you impose that like on a six or seven year result, like a six or somebody that's six or seven, that's a lot. That's really heavy material. So it's really just first about introducing them to nature and then like starting them on that path so that they can value it first. Um, so for me, I just want them to like love it before they're able to understand, you know, the, what we can do to better it. Um, but this week we're examining sustainable development goal 14. If you guys haven't guessed, we're talking about water. Um, and so goal 14 is all about life below water and it primarily focuses on the conservation and sustainability of our oceans, seas, and marine resources. I have to say environmental sustainability is so incredibly important. And of course, this is a growing issue for people all over the globe, 
all over the globe that are being impacted by climate change. And I know that this is kind of a, a hot ticket issue. This is something that is a little bit of a polarizing issue. You know, there are some people that don't believe in climate change. Uh, so when promoting the sustainable development goals, it's more important than ever to realize how amazing it is that we have women at the forefront of this mission sharing sustainability or in sustainable education with their communities. So tell me, how has your experience working at Watershed Resources Department changed your perspective and helped build your social impact initiative? So I, I would say that, you know, first of all, it's provided me with a lot of education, but it's also shown me that there are so many different campaigns out there that we can align with. And that's what I've been trying to especially do as a, you know, a title holder. Um, you have the Wayland Mayor's Challenge. You have Plastic Free July. There's all these movements. And so there's so many organizations that are out there and we need to work together and create that synergy. Um, so it's part of the movement. If we can just gather more people, then I think that that's going to be really helpful. Um, but I believe it's also taught me the importance, especially where I live. I live in a river basin, which goes directly to the Atlantic Ocean. So anything that happens where I'm at can actually impact our downtown or our downstream neighbors. Um, so if we have plastic up here, it can turn into microplastics and that can slowly drift down and that is going to impact other people. Um, and then it's also going to impact our ocean. So just because you live like in the center of the state doesn't mean that you don't have an impact on the coast. Um, so I think for me, that's probably been the most memorable thing, but also that there are people out there, there are allies. It's just a matter of creating that synergy and collaboration. And I think you meant, I mean, one of the things that you really, really, it sticks out from what you said is that people don't realize the impact that they have. And mm -hmm. if you live in the middle of the state, if you live in a landlocked state, you might not realize how the waste that you create and the things that you do contribute to impacting our oceans, our seas, lakes, streams, everything. So where do you think is a good place to start when it comes to living more sustainably? Mm -hmm. The best place for people to start, I believe, is to vol for volunteering outdoors. That's the number one thing I encourage with my social impact initiative is volunteering outdoors, the environmental education aspect, um, but then also the sustainable lifestyle. So volunteering outdoors, I know for me, was really eye-opening because you could go anywhere and you're like, oh, that looks clean. But then you get a little closer and you start to notice that there's masks and there's plastic everywhere. And so once people become more aware of the litter that's in their own community and makes themselves aware of what they can do about it. Because once you see it, you can't see it. And that just kind of sticks with you. So I think volunteering outdoors just brings a level of self-awareness that I think people could really use in their lives. And I think it provides a source of inspiration for wanting to get involved or to even adapt um, sustainable habits in their own life. What challenges have you faced in promoting sustainability and kind of helping help bring forward the mission? I love being from the South. I'm sure you can tell with this accent. Um, I'm from the <laughs> South and I love it, but I feel like some people or some communities may not have be receptive to it because I think it's a little scary, you know, when somebody's trying to tell you like, hey, maybe you should change your habits. No. And that's why my social impact is meant to kind of scratch at the surface of it. You know, I want people to be advocates and I want them to vote for, you know, certain laws that, you know, help our environment, but I want them to develop the appreciation for the earth in the first place. Um, so for me, some people just aren't as receptive or like you get these um, ideas that I'm a tree hugger and that's, you know, something I'm like, I'm actually kind of proud of that. Like I love our trees, but, you know, I feel like some people just see me as that, but I think it's so much more. And once people realize that this could have an impact on them, um, they'll want to be more involved. So I guess just with people being receptive to it. Yeah. What do you say to somebody who, who totally denies climate change? What do you, how do you kind of break down that barrier? I know that it's, it's hard sometimes, but yeah. what is your approach? Well, I heard this analogy and I think it's awesome. And I, 
because it was talking about like, you know, COVID, it impacted so many people. There were so many deaths that caused of it, but like, you can't necessarily see COVID to know it's not, like, it's not something you can necessarily see, but that doesn't mean it's not having an impact. And so I love that analogy in a sense, kind of a dark, morbid analogy. Um, but just because you can't see it like right in front of you doesn't mean it's not happening. If I could show you reports off our coast, um, if I could, if you could see that, the yeah. amount, we've had several hurricanes in North Carolina and they just keep deteriorating away at our coast and it's becoming more and more obvious that climate change is causing that um, especially with the size of these hurricanes and so for me that's kind of been a point that I've been trying to address of you know this is why it's getting worse and worse um, so for me I just try to provide people with the facts and let them make decisions on their own because you're not going to be able to change everybody else's mind but if you're able to show them the facts I think that that's extremely important. Of course, of course, absolutely. I mean, evidence-based anything is going to help people. Um, and I think that is why coming back to education, it becomes so critically important that we are having conversations like these. Because the more conversations we have about them, the more normalized these issues become. And they don't seem quite as scary when you realize how many people are talking about these issues. Mm -hmm. One of the organizations, especially working within the Sandhills that I wanted to work with was Sustainable Sandhills. And so they were actually uh, promoting a few cleanups towards the end of the year. And so I was able to go to one recently and was it was incredible because I, there was so much youth there and I love being able to see young people get out and volunteer. So we did a cleanup together and like nobody was on their phones. We were just having conversations. And so I love being able to volunteer for that group. And then I was actually able to interview one of their members about, you know, what they were doing to be a part of the solution uh, when it comes to sustainable, shareable solutions. So seeing what they were doing and the impact that they were having. So um, I can want to continue to work with them as far as maybe doing more cleanups or, you know, having more education provided, but sustainable sand heels. Have you had a favorite volunteer experience up to this point? So funny story, I actually met my current boss at a cleanup. And so I don't think when you're picking up, you know, trash and all kinds of diapers and stuff like that, you think you're going to meet your boss, but it actually happens. And so I had actually volunteered for a Creek Week event in Greensboro and we were just in the stream, you know, picking up stuff. And that's like my happy place just because I'm outdoors. Like I feel like I'm doing something good for the world and I was able to meet her and that like we went through the process. I applied for it and I knew who she was, but I don't think she realized quite who I was. Um, and so like the initial part of the interview is like you had to do a video of like yourself and you're answering these questions. And I thought I completely messed it up, but I made it to the second round. And then I went to my interview. She's like, I know you from somewhere. And I was like, I think we did a cleanup together. And she's like, oh, that's you. Um, so I, I really love that example because I think it's important to show the community aspect of it and how it can lead to some unpredictable, but great outcomes outcomes. We talked about education a whole bunch throughout mm -hmm. this. And I know education is something we will probably always be talking about, but why do you think that environmental education is so important for our youth? I mean, I know we talked on starting early with that education, but, but why is it really that important? It It's that important because like I said, they're so impressionable. And once they realize a love of nature at a young age, like that's something that's always going to stick with them. Um, I, I think it's also important because 
what you'll find in environmental education is intergenerational learning. And so I've worked with like a stream splashers program where the children come out, but their parents always come out and the children ask just as many questions as the parents. Like it's, you know, it's a collaborative effort. And so I feel like you're able to have an impact on children, that communication going and this open dialogue. So first of all, you know, children are our future. It's very clear. But at the same time, there's so many beautiful things from families experiencing that environmental education together. That's, that's the key to it, but talking about kids. So one of the best parts, and I always say it about the Miss America organization, and I think it's not the best part, it's far from the best part, but it is one of the fun parts, um, is the crown and sash. So how has being a Miss America local title holder really helped you further this mission? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, people, when you have a crown on, like you just get a different look, you know, I know some people may think um, that's pretentious, but it's not because like little children love it. Like they come up to you and they just think you're a princess. And so you're able to have that impact. And for me, it's just been able to have confidence in myself in terms of reaching out to people and knowing that I'm capable of going into schools and teaching about education and feeling that confidence of wanting to do that in the Sand Hills area. Um, so for me, I would just say that it's given me a sense of confidence and it's also provided me with so much inspiration. Right now I'm working on like a seed program of like handing people seeds that are that will develop into native plants, because if we plant more native plants, um, there'll be less, less erosion, meaning that there'll be like less sediment that's going into our waters, therefore protecting it. And so that's one of the things I want to do as a title holder. And I don't think I would have ever had like the full um, courage to do that if I hadn't, you know, necessarily been bestowed with this position. So I think I would have eventually figured it out, but it's just like being a Sandhills, it provides so much inspiration. And I'm able to look at people like you and other, you know, title holders that have had such an impact in their communities and, you know, just want to be able to mirror that in my own. Um, so I think it's just giving me the sense of sisterhood and inspiration and collaboration and just all those different things that, you know, you wake up every morning and you're like, I got this. And I feel like I can actually make a difference in my community. So I'm not saying you need the crown to, you know, be the one to make a difference, but I think it just kind of gives you a little extra spark. So why, why the Miss America organization then when there are so many different platforms to be able to get involved with community service, to be a leader, why Miss America? Being Miss America and the Miss America organization, it empowers women, I think, more than any other program, whether that's through scholarships or rather, you know, through voice and scholarship service style and success has always been extremely important to me, but that especially that service piece. And I feel like as a Miss Santils and hopefully as a Miss North Carolina, that I can make a difference in my community. And I feel that that's the Miss America, like there she serves. Like to me, that's my motto. I want to be somebody that's able to replicate that. And Miss America such an icon and so you know I feel like when people associate you with Miss America they just think about you differently just because of the history and the impact that's have and it's changing and it's it's a revolution and it's not what it used to be but we're continuing to make progress with that and I'm really proud to be a part of that progress and being um you know just thinking forward um as to the future and how we can make it better I love that. I love that. And you're so right. I mean, this organization has been so impactful to women of all ages across so many different socioeconomic backgrounds and and in a number of different things. And so it's incredible to see young women really taking a hold of their power and impacting their communities positively. So this is my favorite question. This is the, the best question I've ever been asked. And it's one that I like to ask every single person. What 
piece of advice would you give to a young woman who wants to make change in the world or a young person who wants to impact positive change? What's the best piece of advice you can give them? You're not going to grow in places that you feel comfortable. For me, pushing yourself and not being afraid to ask people, that's kind of been my motto as of late. Like, you know, the answer is always no if you don't ask. And so just, you know, pushing yourself in different circumstances or environments where you may not necessarily feel comfortable because that's where you learn the most. You meet different types of people that can inspire you. Um, So I know for me, like if it's taking a class where I'm like, I know I'm not very educated in this aspect, but like, I'm not going to learn more if I don't take it Um, and not being afraid to ask people for help and not being afraid to, you know, just ask for help in general when it comes to any type of topic. And so just putting yourself out there. I recently heard it on another podcast, but it's like, you know, my motto has been, I have nothing to prove and I have everything to give. And I love that. And that's what I'm trying to do as a title holder um, um, in the Miss America organization. Hannah, thank you so much. I think that is, I mean, that is some of the best advice. You can't grow where you feel comfortable. I love that. Well, Hannah, thank you. It has been such a privilege getting to talk with you and to kind of spread a little bit more information about what it means to live sustainably, sustainably, (laughs) Uh, learn more about Hannah's mission to help our watersheds clean by following her on Instagram at Hills underscore NC and on Facebook at Hills Queen and hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode and be sure to follow us on Instagram at sustainability starts with you. Become a member of the SysPod Nation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening. 